Are you ready to take your mindset to an even higher level on and off the mat? Then you're ready for the BJJ Mental Coach Podcast, where business owners and aspiring entrepreneurs open their minds to new ideas and concepts that will help you during your entrepreneurial journey and during your consistent pursuit of becoming the best version of yourself personally and professionally. It's time to go beyond the mat with the host of the BJJ Mental Coach Podcast, Gustavo Dantas. Welcome to episode 45. I'm your host, Gustavo Dantas, and today we have Paul Manganero. Paul is a purple belt in jiu-jitsu, and he is the owner of Chill Fit Cryotherapy in Tempe, Arizona. After 20 years in the corporate world, he decided to progress to an even more significant challenge and took on entrepreneurship. A common word that Paul brought up during the interview was progress. Even when he was in the corporate world, he was always looking for progress, which inspired me to ask you, have you been progressing in life? Which is the title of the podcast. After the interview, stick around for my final thoughts. I'm going to expand on the idea Paul presented and how this can progress or progress even more your life. Stay tuned right after Live Jiu-Jitsu's message. Oos. The BJJ Mental Coach Podcast is a proud supporter of the nonprofit organization Live Jiu-Jitsu. Live Jiu-Jitsu supports social projects in Brazil and in the United States who offer free Jiu-Jitsu classes to unprivileged children and young adults in impoverished communities, inspiring, impacting, and improving their lives, keeping them away from drugs and crime, creating hope, and creating champions on and off the mats. Your donation helps projects to buy new mats, uniforms, tournament registrations, and the monthly expenses of these projects. As a supporter, the BJJ Mental Coach donates all the profit of all online courses and merchandise to Live Jiu-Jitsu. For more information, please visit www.livejujitsu.org. Let me introduce you to today's guest, Paul Manganaro. Paul is a purple belt in Jiu-Jitsu and the owner of Chill Fit Cryo in Tempe, Arizona. Chill Fit Cryotherapy is the East Valley's first cryo spot that utilizes several therapies using extreme cold vapors for improved health and performance. Paul spent 20 years in the utility industry in Arizona, steadily advancing his career along the way. In the 20 years, he transitioned to several different roles in the company while earning his MBA. Paul had always dreamed of being his own boss, so after careful planning, he submitted his resignation on the day of his 20th anniversary. He managed to take his idea for ChillFit from conception to opening its door in only eight short months. Although there were many obstacles, Paul overcame those with diligent planning and execution. Paul, welcome to the podcast. Hey, Gustavo. Thank you for having me. For those who don't know, Paul is one of the purple belts at GD Jiu-Jitsu Academy in Tempe. So his business is very close by and I go there all the time. <laughs> so glad to have you here, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah. How did you show up in your life? Um, well, that's a great question. We all like to know that. But for me, honestly, I've known about Jiu-Jitsu for many years and um, I've been training now for six and a half years roughly and you know going back the, the way I got into it I'll be honest it was through listening to Joe Rogan's podcast because um, I've been a long time MMA fan and you know I knew about jujitsu and I saw it within MMA and those and, you know athletes using it within MMA and I was always intrigued by it and just listening to 
Joe talk about the benefits of jujitsu and kind of the magic behind it all. Um, it, it was intriguing. So I was also at the time in my life, I was looking for a different way to work out. Um, I had been doing, you know, strength and conditioning my whole life. So I wanted to get into something else. Um, and I made, I kind of thought about it for about six months. I sat on the idea and then finally I made two appointments on a Monday and a Tuesday, um, or Monday, Wednesday, whatever it was. The first one was, I went into a gym. It was, I look, I train early in the morning. So went into that gym and was going to take a class, but just so happened the owner had an emergency that morning and kind of couldn't take me through the class. So I was like, okay, I'll come back to this place. Next appointment was at GD Jitsu. I never went back to the other place. I just found mm-hmm. a home there and um, been training there ever since and, and love it. So, um, and obviously for the listeners that are well-versed in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, I don't have to tell what the benefits, too many benefits are. There's too many to name. I, I use it a lot for personal, personal development. So, Yeah, and rolling into that, how do you feel BJJ relate to life? Um, for me, it's the commitment and the difficulty once I saw what what it took to continue in this sport or art, um, you know, I knew it was a very long-term, long-time learning thing, and that relates to life. That's how I've become who I am. It's from making mistakes and sticking, you know, sticking with things, not giving up, not quitting on projects, and, you know, Brazilian jiu-jitsu will test you in that way, so I like that test. I It pushes me. Um, it's part of what drives me and, you know, I think that really, obviously it's good for people of all ages and I, for that reason alone, you know, accomplishment, you know, as, as you go through jujitsu, there's series of failures or setbacks and accomplishments and those accomplishments in life, you need to accomplish some things to really have the motivation to go forward. So I think that's a big part of it. And you still active competing as well. And when when was your first tournament? Um, I competed a couple times at White Belt, a few matches, and then two matches at Blue Belt. And I just, as I got into my Purple Belt ranks and just knowing how my, the competitions just really seemed to provide a focus, both before competing, you know, looking forward, again, looking forward, something to accomplish, getting to the competition and then, you know, whether there's always things to learn, whether you win or lose. So I've, I, the, the, the losses and the mistakes I've made in competition stick with me more than any other training, Absolutely. any, any other time we know that. And so I'm kind of it. I, I never thought I would even compete in jujitsu, but it's become just another thing to push me forward and excel. So um, I competed a lot more in the last year at purple belt. Yeah, I want to ask you, what inspired you to compete? Yeah, so friends, I got in, um, when I opened the cryotherapy uh, center, I I knew I would have an instant network of Brazilian jiu-jitsu practitioners, and I've met just a a bunch of great people across the valley, you know, including our own athletes at our gym, and I ended up sponsoring some athletes, and to be honest, some of these people – um, and I'll be completely honest. My friend Matt Gillette is a—he's a—he's a huge competitor. He's very competitive, and just knowing and being around people like himself and Josh Rodriguez and the, all the guys at our gym that inspire me, these guys, you know, 
that there was no other way, you know, because they know what it, what that's doing. And so I just got motivated by the people around me. I, I started working with more and more high level athletes, to be honest. And it was motivating. I just, I wanted to be, you know, it was, I was motivated by it. I wanted to get into that world and experience those highs and lows. So. Yeah. I love that you said using the competition as a personal development tool, because it's, kind of like the main core that you have at the core message that you have at the academy is that um, men really use that to personal development tool. And that's a journey in the beginning. I wish I could say that, but when I was young now, I had no idea. And it was very outcome driven when success. And over the years, as I started to mature emotion, become more emotionally mature and started to I get more into mental skills and that helped me to start like really shifting my head from, let's say from 10 years to now and, and being able to pass this to everyone and you being able to see that since the beginning too, you know what I mean? The beginning that was starting the GG mental coach, you're, you're part of, and you're at the, the recording, you're at the recording too, right? There are 20 people there. I've been at a couple of the conferences that you had. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, I've used a lot of that myself and, um, a, a big thing was being motivated by people, but also personally, it was getting confidence on the mats. You know, it's way easier now for me to step out there just because I feel like I know so much more. So that's just been my own experience. You know, I hesitated a lot because I wasn't confident in my skills at white and blue belt. And it's just, it's taken a, it's been a transition, but like I said, it, I've just, I've used, I've utilized it to excel and really set some goals within, you know, within each belt, where do I need to be? What do I want to, you know, I, I'm always goal setting. So, um, just in, it doesn't even have to be something you write down, but just a mental, mental focus, you know, uh, um, one of my philosophies is always, no matter what physical activity you're doing, just continue to do it. Do not take breaks. It's just, it's so much harder to get back into a workout or, you know, get into jujitsu. So I never, even when I'm injured, I, I will, I'm going towards studying. You know, if I'm not in the mats, I'm studying videos. I'm, yeah. I'm putting together my game. I'm outlining things. I take it that seriously. So, but it's allowed me to, I mean, I feel really good right now where I'm at in my training. Beautiful. Now, I mentioned in the intro that you worked for 20 years in a corporate world. So when exactly did you have the spark to pursue entrepreneurship? Um, this, this too has a lot to do with jujitsu. So I, I was, you know, working in the corporate environment, a big, a big company here in the Valley, many thousands of employees, you know, it's, it's, there's a lot of competition to progress. Um, there's plenty of talented people out there and there's not a lot of spots for you to progress. So I'm the type that I want to progress in what I'm doing no matter what. So I spent many years building up my reputation within the company, um, moving from job to job. I started as a union employee working in a warehouse, um, moved my, up, my way into a technician role and into super, eventually into supervision before I left. Um, you know, and I, got educated all the while. So jujitsu, I started doing jujitsu the last few years I worked there and, you know, I fell in love with it. And, but also the community of Brazilian jujitsu is something that I wasn't expecting when I started, when I first stepped out there. Um, now it feels like another community of just amazing people, like-minded people, 
eat people that are either really healthy or trying to get healthy. I like that, you know? Um, and I'm, I'm coming from a corporate world where to be honest, it was very unhealthy in that environment. People sitting all day long in offices, you know, I managed a group of 20 people that their jobs were just on the computer all day. And I saw the physical effects of that. So knowing I'm doing jujitsu, you know, on the outside and it was kind of a conflict. And I was at the same exact time. I was also looking to open my own business at the time. It was going to be a side business, but you know, I, I took jujitsu and because, because I knew I could be successful in that environment of people and I knew I'd have an immediate, uh, backing in terms of the community I had in within jujitsu and within our gym. And I knew people were hurt all the time with jujitsu or, you know, ailing. So it came together. I did cryotherapy in Los Angeles. Um, and I kind of just within two weeks, I put this plan together and I said, this would be an amazing business. There's not a lot of them in Arizona. Um, I personally benefited from the treatment and it was like a perfect, I call it the perfect storm because it was at a time in my life when I was financially able to consider opening my own business, but it was really leaving the security of a 20 year job was the number one hardest decision I've ever made in my life because it's a life decision. I gave up a lot of money and security and retirement benefits and to, but for me, it was a choice of, do I want to work 20 more years in that environment? or start now and have the next 20 years doing what I want to do. And that was the leap I took. And it was a calcul it was a calculated risk, but a risk nonetheless. And I sit here today and I just, I'm living that dream, I guess. And how was the mindset when the transition was about to happen? How was, how, how did you deal with, of course, the fears, doubts, anxieties that come along? How did you deal with it? Um, at first, you know, very cautious. You could imagine, like, I didn't, that's all I was thinking about at the time. I could, it, it was hard to focus on my actual job at work because, you know, I, I'm, it, this is a major life decision for me. And I grew up, my parents worked at this place as well. So it, it was just a very ingrained job, a very secure, great company, by the way. Um, so I, I was cautious, but you know, I did it by talking to my mentors and my family and really just vetting the process through. Most people thought, whoa, what are you doing? You're, you're crazy here. You know, this is, this is a risky, risky move. But um, the support of my girlfriend, you know, she's always been there for me. So financially and emotionally, I was in a good place to do that. Um, all my support system, you know, eventually they, they just knew my work ethic and where I went within my company. So they had, they had the faith that I, this guy can make this right. So we're going to support him. So my support system was key. So I would say anybody that's thinking about doing that, you know, you got to have that people to bounce ideas off of. Um, sometimes it's emotional. I was excited about it. So I didn't, I, I didn't want to make hasty moves. So, you know, you have to kind of step back talk to somebody you trust and maybe can level level set you and go from there. So I would say I was calculated and cautious. Well, congratulations for breaking the cycle. Let's say the undesired cycle, the path that you're going, that you knew that, man, do I really want to stay here for 20 more years? Yeah. And it takes a lot of courage, man, to break that cycle. And what do you have to say for some people 
some of the listeners who are having a hard time to maybe break, even break a cycle, but are in a position that they're not happy, they really want to move forward, but they're not pulling the trigger. So advice, suggestion, or maybe something that you yeah. went through that really helped you during the process? Yeah, so <clears throat> in terms of just moving forward, you know, I, I employed, I was, I was a kind of a mentor, a leader, and a supervisor to a lot of people in my previous job. So, you know, not everybody's happy with their position and their job. Even from my, my younger days, if I didn't, if I was in a position that I didn't really like, you know, you have to look beyond and make a plan. What else is available within your purview? Are there any jobs that you could maybe move and learn something different or cross train here or stimulate your mind, you know, to maybe advance, get into, into a different department? You never know what doors are going to open if you can just make that kind of leap especially if you're in a company where you can move around a little bit. If you're working in a company and you want to make the, the leap to entrepreneurship, you know, it's going to be more calculated. You're going to have to be financially stable, number one, which I think is a, a big one, you know. Um, if you can be stable to some extent or if, or if your plan doesn't require a lot of, you know, capital, then, you know, I think you're going to have more success because worrying about the financial side is really and the financial side alone brings down most most small businesses that open so you know you just have to have a i would say be very well thought out and sometimes the plan takes a while you know um i've said before i wanted to be into entrepreneurship for many many of those years i worked for a company but i even attempted a couple of times to do things and i attempted and slipped up and nope that that's not going to work um this one over here that idea is not going to work literally it was 15 years later that the pieces came together and I had been thinking about this for so long and planning it and I envisioned this and, and you know, so it, sometimes it, it doesn't happen soon, but the little steps you take, they add up in the end, just like in jujitsu, you know, you're, you're, if you're always making progress someday, you're going to wake up and I have all these skills and that's because you've just mentally you've focused on, you know, don't settling, not settling. I'm not just going to sit here in my current position and be upset about it or hate this job. You know, leave, leave the job. And if you can't afford it, then you're going to have to do it until you save up money that where you can or, or get a, a similar job with similar pay, but a different experience along the way. I love it. You mentioned a few, a few times about, have been mentioned about progress. And I was thinking here because progress is highly connected to courage. It's, it's hard to try to keep progressing in your life, but in your courage level is low. It's hard. You, I'm not saying you're not going to move, but it's going to be a lot slower. Yeah. And so we're always talking about this. And, and I feel that it's the courage is something that you mentioned to you. And, you know, leading people. We saw so many people that are not happy where they're at, but having the courage, courage to be authentic to your desire, to what you want to do. And that is, that is a big one. Get mm -hmm. the courage. And with that, I think regardless of the outcome, they will progress in knowledge and experience. Sometimes maybe, yeah, start a business, it didn't go well. It doesn't mean that other business is not going to work or whatever. You're going to learn and move on. And that's why we always 
always you're talking about the importance of the growth mindset of just you want to progress, you just keep moving forward. I always say, man, I don't have time to look back into like already happened. Okay, if I can analyze it real quick just to see that, okay, what do I learn? Okay, let's go, man. I don't have time to be focused on that. So for everyone who is in this transition thinking about it, well, think about it that you're going to have, if you want to progress, because if you're not happy right now, something needs to be done and probably something is going to require it some courage. So that's a great time to step up. So during this journey, what do you feel that so far has, has been your toughest entrepreneurial experience? Something that maybe you didn't expect when you came in, something that was a surprise for you? What do you think? Definitely, um, I, can, I can point to one thing and that's, I would say it was, it was been the toughest so far is just the inexperience in starting a business. You know, when, when my business happens to be like a brick and mortar, traditional physical location, you know, we're also online. So there's a ton of moving parts, but just getting your, you know, getting started is difficult. So, you know, you, whether it's the permits and the city and the planning and so, I, I I was making my way through that entire thing, the leasing of the property, you know, all these things are negotiated as well. So sometimes, you know, one of, one of the things, the, the problem that I look back on and I would say to other people is just be very well thought out. I'm a thought out, well thought out person, especially in this type of, you know, in the opening a business, but still, I still made some key mistakes and I point to one of them, I'll give an example is that for the material that we use to run our business, we have a contract with a provider, you know, it's, it's a, it's a provider for, for something at our business. Pretty simple, but basically getting into a contract for them providing that material to us. Um, I look back on that and I would have negotiated the contract differently now. And this is only just a couple a couple years. We're, we've been in business for two years and four months. So now, though, looking back, you know, you see these things, having the experience and having more knowledge about the business itself. But getting into a new business, it's difficult because not it's not so easy to get information from other businesses that are like yours. For one, because they can be competition and be seen as a threat. So I would say, you know. Don't get discouraged, though. I'll just have to learn from those mistakes, really, in terms of a contract. And it wasn't a terrible thing, but I, I didn't do enough negotiating. This mm -hmm. is a world where with leasing, business contracts, everyone is negotiating. And these people do it for a living. They're big businesses. As a small person, you really have to, you know, I'm a, I'm a sole, you know, we operate this, just me and my business partner. And um, we don't you know, I don't have a lot of attorneys to look, you know, get, get some expert legal advice is what I'm saying. In that particular case, I didn't have an attorney look over my contract and it's not terrible, but it's just something that I committed to one little thing in that contract that I wish I hadn't. And I probably could have negotiated out of it. It's, it's not a deal breaker, but knowing now it's something that bothers me because I just, I know I didn't focus enough on the details of that. So that has been our toughest thing is, is the inexperience. Um, and, but those are growing pains that we're going to have, you know, across 
different aspects of the business. So a good lesson is when you do come to this point of maybe either get a professional opinion or even if it's a friend to look over or, Absolutely. or something. Yeah. I, you know what it is, is you get excited. Um, you're in the stages of, okay, I'm getting my business up. I'm getting it running. Uh, I want to get this. I need to get this material here or this. You're right. I need to get this pieces of equipment here. And, you know, sometimes you rush through things. So Yeah, I, I got very lucky when, when I started my business with, especially with the school, man. We just know so many people, different people. That's the great thing about jiu-jitsu, the the crazy amount of networking that yes. that you do, but I I totally relate to that. You know, I did. I was saying lucky because I was someone that uh, oh I do floors, oh I do AC, oh I do I paint. So that was that was great because I was able to lower the cost a lot in a lot right. of different ways. But at the same time, yeah, I mean, when when you're saying I was thinking about that too, I should have because I was negotiating something this week. And I even noticed, um, I was telling uh, my wife, Chris, and I was tapping in my back like, oh, that was a pretty good negotiation, you know? Mm-hmm. But maybe when I started the school, I probably wouldn't be able to do that. So right. that's a really good point that I didn't think about it. Now, what is the one high-performance habit that you have that helps you in life, jiu-jitsu, business? Self-analysis, I would say, mm-hmm. um, for sure. Just looking at, uh, you know, looking at, kind of stepping outside yourself and looking at what you're doing, you know, and for me, it's, it's with business, it's with jujitsu. Um, for me personally, a, a lot of, a lot of why I opened this type of, of business and being an entrepreneur, cause I wanted to actually live somewhat of a jujitsu lifestyle. I like to train a lot. I'm, you know, I, that's why our, our place is near my gym. Actually, it's one of the main reasons is, you know, I have that close connection there. Um, but also just being analytical because sometimes I will focus too much on my personal goals that are outside the business, but I'm also the person that runs the business. So I have to balance spending so much time on my business versus spending so much time on my personal growth. And that's the number one thing that, um, I've been working on the last two years is to, to find that balance because I can see personally when I'm maybe training for competitions or, you know, it's the season where I'm not, maybe not looking at doing what I need to do for the business. Am I looking at all the avenues for advertising? Am I spending this much money here? Am I even spending enough time thinking about that because I'm, my head's over in the, over here in my personal training or my personal development. So, but I like that. I like to be able to, you know, it, it, it try to integrate it all. And, um, I do, I have, I do have employees at my business, but you know, as you know, running a business and owning a business, it's my employees in terms of my employees, they're just, they don't have the vested interests. They're just part-time people. So everything falls on me. So, um, I, I do a lot of just analyzing how much time I'm spending on certain aspects of both my personal life and professional life and, and make goals to get there. Well, in both short term and long term, because I think one will lead to the other. So that's kind of what I do is just always trying to progress in all aspects. I like that, the self-analysis, because, man, when you stop to think about it, you know, when you're really, really honest to yourselves, we, like Jocko's book, Extreme Ownership, you have to own it. 
no one's going to do it for you or whatever change. No one's going to balance the time for you. And you got to sit and investigate and get some comfortable. And not a lot of people like to do because sometimes yeah. we're going to start doing anxiety level, just go like, hello, all the way up. And yeah. people are like, oh, I don't want to think more about this anymore. But that is the time that you need to sit and really think, think through. I personally, man, I'm always reflecting, always self-analysis. I think for being a major introvert, that helps me a lot. I'm always thinking, analyzing. And I think that's which helps him with, I think my biggest strength is my creativity. And that's one of my ADD comes handy. And so I like to use it to think. And I just sometimes just get a notepad and just don't do anything. I'm just sitting. And suddenly I just let my mind go. And or sometimes I decide where, what, what I like to think about, what area of my business would I like to think about? And I just let my mind flow and suddenly, ooh, got an idea here. Yeah. And that's a practice. But not everyone is willing to sit and not do anything and turn their phone off for maybe 5, 10, 15 minutes. And I love that. People don't like because uh, they call me. My phone is always off. So I apologize if you out there have my number and I don't answer. Most of the time, my phone is off. Um, so what is the best advice you ever received? So the best um, the best advice I've gotten was from my former, my former job. It was from a director. Um, I was an analyst by trade, so I did a lot of analytical work and business analytics and delving into the details of how to run a company or a business. And, but I also wanted to get into managing businesses myself and managing people and advancing my career. So the advice this, this director gave me was, you know, he knew what my goals were, but he also saw that I was really ultra focused on being excellent at my work. And what he told me was, you to be into management and to manage people and to advance in the company, you have to network. And this was huge advice that I didn't understand at the time because I was coming up for many years, just always doing the best at my job. But I didn't so much think that relationships, it wasn't that I was rude. I just didn't put enough time into relationships within the company because it, the point is, is that those relationships are going to come. And in my opinion, that's what we build our current business on is the relationships of our clientele. But his advice was get out of the seat. He's like, you're, you're a great analyst and you could be the best in the company, but you're not going to get to where you want to be with your goals until you do this and this and this. And those, in those particular things were getting out, getting to know people. Um, he said, that's how business is done. You know, you, you make relationships and get to know people and build a support system. And he was telling me with, within a big business aspect, but I, I've always taken that now, especially with my new business. Um, you know, having a service business is it's all about keeping our clientele great. So my whole focus is providing excellent customer service and a great experience and great treatments and things that work and being held as, you know, a five-star rated business. And we are, so that's huge for me. Our reputation is everything. Um, and that's, you know, I work hard for that. So beautiful. And for the listeners on episode 37, who had Kevin James Gonzalez and the title of the podcast, building your relationships. So great episode. If you have a chance, episode 37, check it out. Great information. Now, what advice should you give to the younger Paul when you started to fit? So only two and a, about two and a half years ago. Yeah. 
So, but what would you say? Definitely, um, you know. You mentioned already one about the yeah. the legal advice. Yes, legal advice, but also, and and part of that, I say a big the bigger the bigger part of that is just don't make, don't be quick to make decisions. Um, you know, make sure that everything is well thought out. Um, look for a support system. Have a backup plan. Um, you know, run through scenarios in your head if you could. If I go down this path and open this business, or whether you know, no matter what business it is, what happens if this my expectation doesn't get met there? You know, do I have a, a plan B? Um, so I, I've I've coached people. I know friends that have opened businesses, and some a lot of the failures I see is just it's not well thought out. You know, it's and I've been there myself. You know, and that, I've tried that when I was younger, and that's that's kind of how one of my my deals failed. I was trying to open a business and it just wasn't very well planned out. So if you can get that advice from, you know, a mentor, a friend, other business owners, talk to other people about what their experiences are, you know, um, I'm sharing it here because I think it would, it could help people and, you know, just be very well planned out, get second opinions, get other advice, you know, cross your T's, dot your I's, look over contracts, you know, um, no matter what it is, know how to, you know, know how your business is operating behind the scenes. That's big. So, um, got it. And actually we had one episode, episode 19 with the Camille Moldovan was titled, what is the worst case scenario, which is basically what we're saying. Just imagine, Hey, what could happen? What is a backup plan? If I have to, not that you're going to focus on that, but you cannot be naive. You got to say like, okay, this, there's a possibility. This can happen. The problem is when people just get frozen and paralyzed just thinking about what could go bad. That is a problem. And that prevents them it's from sc- even starting. It's scary. It's scary, you know. And I, I think a lot of that comes from, it, it, at least the people I've talked to in my own personal, is, is the financial stability. You know, it's a lot of people aren't in a position where they can just, put a hundred percent of their efforts into some new, you know, new business or new, you know, become an entrepreneur. So that's where that support system probably works, whether you're, you're getting financial support or emotional, you know, you're. Yeah. And your, your situation as a mission was great because yeah, you're preparing yourself for years and a and you completely just bail from one to the other. But for the most part, most of the entrepreneurships, uh, for the in, in entrepreneurship, most likely they're gonna have to keep working their job yeah. and doing their part time, doing what they they want to do, and probably not even making money, but doing it for eventually. This is if they don't have a backup financial or whatever, they're gonna have to build a momentum that, and then at one point they won't be able to do both, and they're gonna have to make the leap. But at least you're gonna have to start because if. If you're waiting for the money, but you can see the man, that's going to take a long, long time. You're going to have to start some type of move. Something's going to have to be done. Correct. So if someone, if you don't have the, the money to back up right now, start, invest your time, invest your time in your knowledge. Correct. So books, what do you feel that is a book that made an impact on you? Maybe it could be even earlier in your career. Maybe something that if you read right now, be like, yeah, yeah, I already know, but maybe when you're younger? I mean, I'd be hard pressed to tell you a book. I'm telling you, I don't read books. So um, 
I listen to a lot of podcasting and, you know, it's just the way I've done it. It's, I, I'm, a, I'm always on the go. I don't, you know, I, physically, I just don't have time to sit and look to a book. But if I did it like an audio book, you know, um, I, I have read business books, business related books in my past and my former career. But right now it's all, um, everything I've listened to for several years has been motivational podcasts from different people. So let's say, because that could be a good suggestion, because a lot of people don't like reading, and that's okay. I kind of started to ingrain myself in the habit of really forcing myself to read, because it's not natural to me. I, I definitely prefer audio and video. But what are some people that have been following over the years that made an impact on you? You mentioned Joe, Joe Rogan, which I watch him. He's sharp. Yeah. He's awesome. I really like to listen to him. Yeah, I can't. I mean, I probably can't overstate the impact that that podcast has had, because I've listened to it from the first time they did it and it's it's just the people that are on there you know you're listening to just the all kinds of people the variety and the experiences and i've gotten so much motivation and and then followed other people from from there and um but you know joe rogan and andy frisella these guys that are you know they've built these they're motivating you know there's i could name a bunch of them you know jocko's another one i listen to so um but I, I I like that. I like just getting into kind of the mindset of these, these, because especially with the Joe Rogan experience, they have very, very high performing people on there. I mean, these are world renowned, you know, experts in their field. And it's, it's cool to get into the psyche of how did they get here? And most of these people are very experienced and, and they've had their ups and downs too. So I'll say in general, without pointing to a specific book or, or even podcast, I would say, no matter what you're doing, try to take away, you know, something from that, from that material you're taking in. And I always do that and try to relate it to my life, no matter what it is. It could be, it could be, maybe it's not even entertaining, but I try to get the message and then somehow, am I doing these things? You know, this person had this great experience or this, you know, has this great advice. Am I, am I taking that? So I would say above everything else, it's, it's, I get my information from everywhere, but I really try to apply it to my life. Absolutely. So, yeah, no, I got you. And, and back to the self-analysis again, listening to the material, reflecting it and how we can implement that because this is, I did talk about this in one of the final thoughts. I believe it might be the number, I think 32 possibly. Yeah. The way of the warrior. I did talk about about the idea and philosophy of the librarian of the mind and the warrior of the mind. The librarian just get all the facts and all the logistics and learn all that. And the warrior of the mind, it's learning and it's applying his own arena. He's putting himself out there. So it's a big difference in you read 30 books in a year, sweet as a librarian, but it would be better to read five and execute on those five that you're reading. Even if it's one, if you get one of those, like a thinking grow rich type of, uh, type of deal, when you focus on one book for, for a year and you execute, that's already amazing progress. So we're getting close to the end of the interview. So make sure you stick around for my final thoughts after for people who are listening for the first time, I'd like to get a takeaway from the interview research create some content and hopefully can inspire impact or and or improve your life in some way 
So what are you excited about? What's going on? What's going on with your fit? So good time to plug. Yeah. Well, um, I'm excited about, we're always looking to grow our business, you know, and get new people in there. And uh, we have great client experiences and great customers and people love it. And it's a positive environment. So, you know, I'm, I'm just excited it's a beautiful about place. that. Now, yeah. what's the website so people can see it? It's uh, www.chillfitcryo.com. Um, so just type in chillfit cryo and you'll see all kinds of, you know, different sites you could go to. But our main website's there. Um, yeah, so just looking to grow that. You know, we're only a couple of years in. I, I have bigger plans to grow and, you know, it's, it's, it's a fun, it, I, it's kind of, a, it's somewhat of an experiment because I don't know if I'm going to do this forever, but for now, this is what my focus is. So what I'm, what I'm going to do that I've always done is just do the best at what I'm doing right now. So growing the business, you know, making it run smoother, um, provide great, you know, experiences for people um, and just continue to grow. So that's in terms of our company, that's what I'm doing there. You know, I have some personal goals and, you know goals with jujitsu as well and like i said before i i have these you know i have some expectations for myself and they're pretty high so um that's it just no that's great man yeah. and and i tell you what for the listeners not just to give the plug but i do go there and actually i'm i have an injury in my wrist right now so that what's the name of the laser thing that we do over there yeah, so that's called, uh, we call it the cryozone treatment, but it's, li it's localized targeted cryotherapy. So mm -hmm. we're, we're basically just putting that cold right on your wrist for about 10 minutes and just lowering the inflammation. So it's, everything we do is lowering inflammation to help speed up recovery. So it's really yeah. effective for that. Yeah, the, and I, man, I love the place and it's, it's beautiful, man. It really is. Thank I'm you. about to revamp my academy and i've been stealing some ideas from paul so people are gonna go there and to feel like oh man you copy Gustavo. <laughs> yeah, paul i told him but <laughs> yeah yeah you know that was a that was a fun part of opening a business is um i have a real creative side that i couldn't quite tap into being in the business environment but having my own business i could do all aspects so i designed our facility and you know i did a lot of the work myself so it was it's extremely rewarding to know that i built this everything about the business from the logo to the name to everything you know we built this and it's ours now and it's it's been an amazing rewarding experience awesome and Thank you so much, Paul, for the interview, man. I'm very proud of you. I saw the transition of what from the corporate world to start your business. So it's really cool to see you progress in your life, putting, putting out there and knowing that GD Academy is part of that progress as far as mindset shift, like uh, building relationships, everything got a great package going and man, beautiful, beautiful work. Yes. Thank you for all your advice you've given me over the years and the motivation to do stuff like this. So I really appreciate it. And thanks for having me on. Thank you. And for all the listeners, stick around for my final thoughts. Oops. Let me share with you my final thoughts from the interview with Paul Manganero. For those who are listening just to the final thoughts, Paul is a purple belt in jiu-jitsu under GD Jiu-Jitsu Academy, and he is the owner of Chill Fit Cryotherapy in Tempe, Arizona. 
I hope you're able to grab at least one good takeaway from the interview. He shared with you his 20 years experience in the corporate world until he decided to pursue entrepreneurship and be his own boss. We talked about the courage necessary to leave solid job stability behind to give it a shot at becoming an entrepreneur. A common word that Paul brought up was progress. Even when he was in the corporate world, he was always looking for progress, which inspired me to ask you, have you been progressing in life, which is the title of the podcast? You might say, yeah, man, things are great and our company's progressing is looking good. Great. That is awesome. Keep it up. However, what can you do to progress even more in your life? Now, if you're stuck and you're not progressing, listen to what Paul answered when I asked him what high-performance habit he practiced daily, and he said self-analysis. Today, I'm going to share with you how you can use self-analysis to start progressing or progressing even more in your personal and professional life. Let me ask you this. Do you think about what you think about? Think about that. This is for the Brazilian fans. Você já parou para pensar no que você pensa? Pare pensa nisso. Think about that. Psychologists say that you have 50 to 60,000 thoughts per day. Some say even more. And 70 to 80% of them are negative. We don't even realize how often we not only criticize and judge others, but mainly ourselves. Negative and toxic things that you tell yourself will prevent you from progressing in your life. Saying things like, who do you think you are? What makes you think you can do this? Are you good enough? All words of your dark passenger, as I like to call. Shout out to all of the fans of the show, Dexter, whom I got the idea for the dark passenger, a.k.a. DP. And your DP is your roommate. He lives in your head, and he's a bully. He sucks. He's the one who brings all the anxieties, doubts, insecurities, fears, negativities, and he will do anything to convince you not to go out of your comfort zone. Probably this is how the conversation between Paul and his DP went down while doing his self-analysis. Paul said, dude, I'm sick of this job. I'm going to quit and start a business. His DP probably said, what did you just say? Are you out of your mind? You've been in this company for 20 years. You have a stable job. Don't, don't mess this up for us, Paul. I will bully for the rest of your life. Probably Paul said, okay, apparently you're not moving out, so we need to get along. So shut your mouth. I will choke the hell out of you. I mind my business. You mind yours. I'm doing it. Paul stood up for himself, and you must do the same. Listen, you and your DP will be roommates forever. Negative patterns don't disappear. You learn how to control it. How? Self-awareness. If you don't stand up for yourself, your dark passenger will hold you back or move you away from progressing in your life. I'm going to share with you three steps to help you with your self-analysis process. I have shared this in previous Final Thoughts before, so it can be a good review if you have listened to it. As you already know, negative patterns don't disappear. You learn how to control them, how stopping to think about what you are thinking about, self-awareness, which is the first step. When you feel the wave of negative thoughts coming, saying things like, who do you think you are? You're going to disappoint others if you don't accomplish this goal. Stay in your comfort zone. Filter the thoughts and use the second step, self-regulation. To be self-aware is not enough. You can say, wow, I'm super aware that my DP is putting me down right now. I'm aware of it, but 
I'm not going to do anything about it. That is no bueno. Now that you are aware, you must self-regulate your thoughts, feelings, and behaviors. How? With questions. Let's say your DP is saying what I mentioned earlier. Who do you think you are? You're going to disappoint others if you don't accomplish your goal. Stay there, chill. Next year, you look into again. Ask yourself, can you control what others think of you? The answer is no. The next question is, is this a rational or irrational thought? Irrational. Why? Because you can't control it. You're making up a story about how if you don't meet other people's expectations, you're going to disappoint them. Change the story. What if it works? How would you look like in one year? What about in five years? As Henry Ford said, quote, whether you think you can or you can't, you're right, unquote. If your DP is telling you that you can't do it and you're answering, I concur, your progress, if any, will be slow. Stand up for yourself and make a decision, which is the third step. Decide that someone's opinion of you don't have to become your reality, as the motivational speaker Les Brown says. You don't have to accept the opinion of your DP or the dark passengers of other people, including your family. You have to make the decision that you want to progress in life. Be ready to scrap it with your DP 24-7. It's just like training jiu-jitsu. There will be good and not so good moments during training. Sometimes you get the best of it, sometimes the worst. Very similar to life. You will have multiple scraps with your DP during the day. And you, you will not win all the internal battles. Your dark passenger is resilient and you have to be resilient as well. Let's say you or someone that you know got the worst of it in the battle and you were aware of it. Do not be hard on yourself. Self-forgiveness is vital during this part of the self-analysis process. Do your best to control your emotions better next time. I want to close with a quote from the late political activist George Bernard Shaw. Quote, progress is impossible without change. And those who cannot change their minds cannot change anything, unquote. With that said, change your mindset. Declare war to your DP and fight him every day because his goal is to protect you, air quotations. He wants to save you from getting hurt with failure. And that is why he says, don't do it. And here's the thing. If you or someone you know is afraid of disappointing someone, tell them you're not afraid of disappointing others. You're scared of others looking down on you, thinking that you're a loser, not good enough, and you will lose respect from others. Work on your self-esteem because your biggest enemy is your roommate. He lives in your head, and he has no interest in helping you to progress in your life. So stand up for yourself and scrap. Oh, We're glad you were able to join us for this episode of the BJJ Mental Coach Podcast. But the lesson doesn't end here. Watch the videos and download the audio of the 10 mental mistakes BJJ competitors make and how to avoid them for free when you subscribe to the BJJMentalCoach.com. Don't miss the chance to find out what might be holding you back from being your best self on and off the mat. That's the BJJMentalCoach.com. 